gentlemen, welcome back to this, another episode of the Happy No Fear podcast. I'm your host, Chase, and we finally made it back to record another episode. Uh, things uh, get a little hectic sometimes, projects, deadlines, all that kind of thing. But I'm always thinking about you guys, and I always want to share more of these guests and these episodes. Um, we got a very special guest today. He's been uh, on my radar for a long time. We crossed paths uh, since a long time ago, and every now and again we see each other, and it was great getting to sit down with him and going a little deeper. Uh, He's really smart and also super talented, so without further ado, I give to you John Park. Not much, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, good to see you. Good to see you too. It's been a very, very long time since it's we've been seen a minute, each other in yeah. person. It's been a minute. Yeah. I, I was trying to think when that was. My feeling is it's like longer than we think. Maybe like six years ago or something. Dude, yeah. It it re- like. I'm pretty sure I was hanging out with Hans. Right, Hans uh, Haveron. Haveron, yeah. Yeah, and it, yeah, it was just a very. It seems like a. Something like a gallery, maybe a, a something that yeah. I think Space or LC was putting on, or right. something like that. Yeah, you know, cannibal yeah. flower or something. Something, yeah. Were you? I was also thinking because you've been in a, in LA a minute. Maybe I thought maybe the first time we crossed paths was at the Cannibal Flower uh, group shows that uh, LC used to put. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. It yeah. was there, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Like he used to get those warehouses that would Six just become up, these yeah. sweat houses because <laughs> no <laughs> he could never it. ventilate them properly. <laughs> but halfway through the night, people are taking their fucking clothes off. Yeah. It was oh my god! It, it, it like. I don't think I've ever been to a gallery show that didn't heat up like that. Oh, Which, good ones, yeah, right? Good the, openings. The, and if, if artists rushed the painting, uh, the wet paint would start to drip. And yeah. <laughs> so funny. Oh Those were God. like legendary though. Yeah, yeah. They uh, really were. Oh my God. That was before um, the city really started to crack down on shit like that. Right, exactly. With, with permitting and... I, I think the trick was to... Uh, I don't know if Cannibal Flower charged at the door, because I kind of mostly went when I was in those shows. I, I think what they were doing was they were charging for drinks. For drinks, mm-hmm. right. I, I thought they didn't charge for drinks, because you could legally give away alcohol mm-hmm. as sort of like, just have it, right. there's no sale happening here, if there was a charge at the door. But maybe you're right, maybe it was yeah, it's, just it's, free entry. You can, and you can give it away if you don't charge at the door. Right. But if you charge at the door, you can't give it away. I see, I see, I see. Sounds like uh, you, you know a thing or two about throwing underground art shows. Well, so then, you know, there's all kinds of ways to get around that. So then people go, well, I'm sorry you can't come in. This is only for members. This is a private club. Right. Do you want to become a member? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then so you buy a membership. Right. A membership. And then you get access to a free bar. Right. Exactly. And so that's actually one way around, like a liquor license, right? right? Yeah, that's uh, there's a homie Anthony. He used to, oh, he still kind of does, I think, through the through the overpass, mm-hmm. which is like on the opposite end of the night. It would start up at two and mm-hmm. go to eight a.m. And for some Sweet reason, he had bands jamming there, full bar. Uh, 
iPad signatures on the on, on the on yeah fully credit card wow. uh, acceptable uh, yeah that is and I think I'm 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 gonna, I'm gonna say too much if I continue talking about that situation <laughs> yeah don't incriminate yeah, no, no, anybody no, 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 exactly <laughs> this is all allegedly by the way yeah you don't know anything hearsay <laughs> <laughs> and this might may or may not be somebody I know I exactly know. <laughs> yeah, yeah we we you know we're making some, stuff up like, along the way old school prohibition shit yeah you yeah. know. Yeah, the people want to have a good time, you know. Dude, I, I remember, so I got out here in 97. Oh, you got here in 97? Yeah. Nice. And I luckily... Where from? Um, grew up in Ohio. Okay. Went to school in Rhode Island. Right. Came out here after art school. RISD? Yeah, RISD. We had the RISD. Yeah. Like uh, our contemporary, uh, Shepard Ferry. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. We, we overlapped, uh, so he was graduated one year when I started. Okay. But he stayed in Providence for a couple of years. Right. And so I would see him all the time. Nice. And, you know, like he always had sales. Go, like whenever they do a school sale, he would have t-shirts. I bought right. a bunch of t-shirts from him and stuff. That's interesting to know about. Like what, what did he do before he, I guess, moved to L.A. and founded, uh, it was called Black Market, kind of like boutique design agency yeah. with, yeah. Um, what's his face, Dave Kinsey? Mm-hmm. Well, and it was called Giant for a long time. Oh, it was? Yeah, the brand was called Giant. The, the brand, yeah, but they had like an, uh, a design yeah. uh, mm-hmm. agency that they would use that money to do street stuff, right? Black yep. Market. Yep, and you know, it all started with stickers. Yeah. Like he just started with these weird stickers that said Andre the Giant has a posse. Right. And it gave his measurements. And, you know, he, he wrote a, like a little essay mm-hmm. about what he was doing. And he called it like an exercise in phenomenology. Right. Where it's um, allowing something weird to emerge and then occur, you know, in a population of people who expect marketing to be directed at something. Exactly, yeah. You give them something that's marketing, but it's not marketing anything. Exactly. There it's was posters going up everywhere with this... Uh, giant uh kind of like stylized face yeah and then later with obey underneath it yes and so what he suggested is that this is the same kind of like uh, guerrilla marketing Mm -hmm. strategy they used to call it and you're being sold something that's the feeling but there's no product right well and because he he was in this like perfect place to be connected to a lot of people that were going to disperse right and he gave he gave stickers out right. to everyone, and like I, I I remember when my senior year I spent living in Rome. It was fucking amazing. Rome, Italy. Yeah, nice. And I would see obey uh, uh, giant stickers yeah. everywhere, all yeah. over fucking Rome, Nuts. all over yeah. Rome. Amazing. Yeah, like, I know that fucker. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, if if there was a skate spot anywhere yeah. in the world, they would have yeah. those stickers. Yeah. And of course, if, if you're a photographer that wants to get into the cool scene, you go to where the skaters are. Right. And so you start, it starts ending up everywhere. Like. Right. Yeah, it propagates like through, that's, you know, and it was really, all these things were very subcultural back then. Yeah. Uh, for sure. So that's the way to get, to get kind of like propagate and, and, and be in the cool scene. It gets adopted and then, you know, everyone sort of joins later, many yeah. years later, and says, hey, I think that's cool. <clears throat> exactly. And all of us are sort of like, well, it's a little late now. You know, that used to be cool, but that's six years ago. You know? Well, I mean, look, it's never too late to make something really cool mainstream. Right. Because all you're doing is increasing its influence. Right. right? And so maybe you're going to create more of that. 
because of it. And I, I think that that's true. You know, I think that Shepard Ferry probably had an outsized influence on a lot of artists right. and a, a lot of the way that people look at street art because he defines a lot of that look. Right. You know, he's um, cornered the market on a really, as Tristan Eaton has, as, as you have. You know, you guys have sort of created your niches that are, it's very memorable, <clears throat> it's very striking, you know, and it's very you. It's like, it's right. all those styles, like Shepard's, you know, he used that propaganda poster, right. you know, style, 1930s, the, you know, The Russian, Russian uh, what, what, there's a, it's not utilitarian, but yeah, the Russian propagandist kind of look, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, when you look at most communist propaganda right. art, it's very beautiful. It's right. incredibly well done. Right. You know, so, <clears throat> um, do you know about the whole declassified CIA documents um, proving that abstract art was a, a intel operation? That I have, I know about the Pentagon, the Pentagon Papers, uh, Operation Paperclip, all those, no, no, but no. nothing <clears throat> relating to art. I mean, I've heard about Elvis being recruited. You yeah. know, whatever, to play the devil's music yeah, or, yeah. What, or what, whatever yeah. the mission was. But I haven't heard of this one. What's so, this one? So in the 1950s, you know, we were at basically the beginning of the Cold War. Right. And tensions were really kind of at their highest because you have no idea what the enemy is. And, and so we mounted this multi-front campaign against Russia and all communism, right? Right. The USSR at the time. And part of it was a culture campaign, right? Because right. It's, there's hard power and there's soft power, right? And soft power often is way more influential globally than hard power is. Yeah, what do you mean by soft power? So soft power is culture, okay? right? So Thailand does not have a lot of hard power. It doesn't right. have a big military and not a big navy. I see. Yeah. It has a lot of soft power yeah. because everyone around the world loves Thai food. Right. And that was actually orchestrated by the king of Thailand in okay. the 1960s. Oh, really? Yeah. He was like... Thai food is one of the best foods on earth. I love and, Thai food. Uh, everyone in the world should know this. And so I'm going to set up like a generation of people who are going to be taught how to cook. And I'm going to send them around the world and seed them in different cities. No way. Give them money to start a restaurant. So early emigrants, not immigrants, but the ones emigrating away from uh, Thailand were probably subsidized by yes, the king? Subsidized I did not to know that. spread Thai food around the it. world so that people know how fucking good it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a result, they have a lot of soft power, right? right? And so, you know, soft power, when it's flexed correctly, right? Especially through culture, especially through like, because cuisine's nice, but cuisine doesn't change the way people vote a right. lot of the time. That's true, yeah. But soft power flexed through culture can be actually really powerful. Um, I forget why we were talking about this. <laughs> uh, oh, propagandist, mm. uh, Russian style. Uh, oh, the, chef, the, the fucking the, CIA operation. Oh, yeah, that thing, yeah. So at the time, um, the communist countries, China, specifically China and Russia, were cranking out probably the best figurative art in the world, right? Because um, they had this kind of unbroken tradition from the past figurative artists until the present moment. And the, the craft had become just amazing. There, I mean, just if you look up Russian like figurative artists from that time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very, you know, it's very cold, it's, but, it, but it's, it's, it, it, it's so technically It generates, it, it, you know, it uh, sort of 
presents strength and un, un, uh, unbreakability and rigidness and like we are what well, we are. I'm not talking about the propaganda art. Not about I'm that. talking about the paintings, okay. right? The actual paintings that right. were being generated. It, it was like, kind of like John Singer Sargent writ large. Okay. If, if he did giant epic pieces, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so the U.S. was like, okay, we are going to fight a culture war with the Soviets and with communism. They're giving an idealized version of Earth, idealized version of faces, idealized version of everything else. We are going to do the opposite. We're going to find a bunch of painters that paint like children and who splatter canvases. And we're going to set them out on a world tour. And it's, the emperor has no clothes because if it's in Paris and London and Rome and And Tokyo. who did they send? So the CIA um, partnered with, I'm trying to remember, it was this, it, he was the scion of like a, of a really rich family in uh-huh. New York. And they kind of funneled everything through him. Right. They were like, look, we're going to give you X amount of dollars and you're going to start promoting these artists, right? And it was like Pollock, yeah, uh-huh. um, Jasper Johns, right. you know, I'm trying to remember. It was it William basically... William Deconing, <clears throat> you know. Or maybe the exactly. early, early minimalists like it, uh, Rothko and like exa- all those guys. Yes, yes, really? yeah. yes. So and they were. They had. Was this a successful attempt that you think actually yes, changed things, worked. or was this one of those programs that you know we uncovered it now, or you no, uncovered it no, now, no, or no. they uncovered it now, and it had some influence, but this is what launched these artists. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and the. I guess the kind of, I don't know what you want to call it. Just universe. with like support and, you know, uh, shows and, and purchases and invitations. Not uh, Maybe not purchases, but certainly shows, right? right? And tours. Okay. So it, <clears throat> they gave it the juice and the money to right. be able to tour cities. Okay. And when you tour every major city in the world, you gain clout. And, you and, know, it, it... And you influence along the way. And you maybe create an entire genre of legitimate art that right. people begin to collect on a wide-scale basis that generates probably the most revenue of any art that's ever been created on Earth at yeah. this point. If you yeah. look at the painters that have sold that kind of yeah. shit. And it's... And the concept was to, to match uh, the artistic excellence of the Russian counterpart in those days. It was literally the polar opposite. If you think the way an engineer might think about art. They literally took the Russian idealized... It was like, you know, on a on an <laughs> X and Y axis, you know, it's a, a diagonal going 45 up, and they were like, what's on the other end of that 45 yeah, yeah, angle? Yeah. Looseness and feeling, yeah. And no formality at, yeah, at yeah, all, yeah, yeah. at all. And in yeah. fact, sometimes all you use is black, Yeah. right? Like, Ad Reinhardt, he was an abstract painter who spent like a couple of decades only painting in black right you know, and I actually thought his paintings were quite interesting <laughs> you know you'd be surprised at how many shades of black there actually yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I you know I'm an immigrant here um, first of my name first of my blood but America's influence got me early um, I lived here from 9 to 11 in LA uh, picked up a skateboard which I told you we did a thing yeah I told you uh-huh. that uh, but, like, my world was really influenced by, let's say, I mean, pretty much everything American, you know, from Back to the Future to skateboarding yeah. to Stevie Wonder 
to We Are the World, mm -hmm. you know, that song, you know that song? Oh, yeah. I mean, most Americans hate it, and I have to put it on every late night. <laughs> and people are like, again? But I have to do it, line for line. Yeah. You got Lionel. Lionel's not in it. He's yeah, not, he I doesn't he have is. a, he's in the video, but he doesn't sing. But you got Bruce Springsteen, mm -hmm. you got Michael, Hero mm -hmm. Shot, mm -hmm. Cindy Lauper, mm -hmm. you got Jermaine Jackson's yep. in there, uh, Ray Charles is in there, Bob yep. Dylan's in there, yep. uh, Springsteen. And just that, that to me, it, it's such a powerful, if it were a marketing thing, if, yeah. if, if it was like, if it ended with like, just do it Nike, mm -hmm. I'd be like, this is, it, things couldn't get more perfect yeah. in the 80s at that time. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, if that was the impetus back then, then I, I think, uh, you know, then I wonder about all these other things that happened that, that arose what appears to be naturally, mm. you know, out of Motown, out of, out of jazz, early mm -hmm. hip hop, like all those movements, mm -hmm. which are quintessentially American, street art, graffiti, yeah. pretty much American, you yeah. know? <clears throat> I mean, it, I think that it's not necessarily that the CIA created abstract art. Right. It's that they inadvertently launched it, like tip, did the tipping point. Right. They were the tipping point. Right. They put a saddle on it and gave it some, some extra yeah. oomph. Yeah. They strapped it to a rocket and yeah. fucking launched yeah. it into space. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and again, it fucking worked because we were like, oh, you have a master painter who can do, you know, Bouguereau style fucking peopled landscapes with, uh, you know, people's flesh looks like it's glowing. We have a guy that paints like a fucking child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he drinks all day. Yeah. yeah. Who, Pollock? Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I, and it's yeah. like, he's way more famous than your guy, okay? Yeah, yeah, Sergey, yeah, yeah. whatever the fuck. Like, yeah. no one remembers. It's so sad. No one remembers these artists. And they're, right. they're so good. They're yeah. so good. It... it you see that level of skill actually coming out of South Korea for some reason. Yeah. There's, I, there's something about that Korean culture. They're an achievement culture. They're all about schooling, expertise, you know, right. uh, credentialism, all that right. shit. And what it produces is insane technical ability. Yeah. It's just like, fuck, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if they only knew, they just need to get on American Instagram. Yeah, they're just uh, going to get a fucking million followers yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, it's, it, it's not... From, from that side of the world, uh, there's also, you, you like Alphonse Mucha? Oh my God, I love Alphonse Mucha. I was fortunate enough to see his epic Slav exposition. The paintings, oh my God. They're bigger Those than most like murals. they 22 feet tall, right? Yeah, they're bigger than most murals yeah. on average that we paint. Mm -hmm. And the detail, and it's all about representing... Hundreds of figures. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so dense. There's symbolism, oh there's God. light, it's... it's I still, when I need some motivation, yeah. uh, then I think about that or look mm -hmm. up some photos. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's immense. It's overwhelming. And that was his intent, apparently. Well, and it's, it's to represent way for, more realistic than yeah. anything else he ever did in yeah. his life. He, he committed himself yeah. to basically jumping genres. Right. Into that impressionistic right. realism. Exactly. Because right. he kind of founded a little bit the Art Nouveau style. That was then later adopted. He, def he defines that yeah, style. Exactly. I mean, when, when you go, hey, Art Nouveau art. Yeah. It's Mucha. It's Mucha. Who yeah. else is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who else? Yeah. Really? Yeah. 
And it's so so strange because that was in super adopted by the Parisians. You go to Paris today. Oh my God! You I see ornamentation everywhere. Love that's still, Art Nouveau architecture. It's 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 everywhere. It's so it's fucking everywhere. beautiful. That's something like I know that like everything runs in cycles. And right. Everything runs in trends, and I'm I'm really hoping that I live long enough to see Art Nouveau come back into architecture. Right. Because with 3D printing, right? Oh, I see, I see. Fuck, we could do some major things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that would be really interesting. A modern take on that hundred-year-old kind of like feeling and 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 and, and approach to, uh, yeah, to art. I mean, look, it's beautiful. People acknowledge it's beautiful. I think that the only thing that's been stopping us up to this point is just the cost. It takes too long. You need right. artists. You need all that stuff. But now with computers and 3D printing, right. maybe the cost and the burden is now removed. And right. now the motivation can kind of yeah. spring up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that'd, that'd be something. Mm-hmm. So we were just talking about, uh, which I love, like technical insider stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Taping. Yeah. Yeah. For those that are listening, you know, every now and again, you got to pull out the tape. And sometimes you depend on tape. There's yeah. a lot of artists that depend on tape. Which, yeah. please don't make the, the spaces in between the figures that you're painting exactly the tape width. Because then I'll, I'll know that you got a little lazy. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm talking about when you see oh, that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, that's, that's <clears throat> two, and a, two and an eighth. Mm-hmm. Or what is it? Two, two and a quarter inch tape. You just taped out uh the panel or or the wall and then you 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 colored everything else after the back background was laid down a little bit lazy don't do that it's it's beginner right you gotta start somewhere right gotta start somewhere but it's a good feeling once you remove that tape oh my god it's it's that's why i only use frog tape because yes we're talking about the frog tape this this is a good tape yeah i so the green frog tape i haven't really used any of the other colors although i'm sure they're they're fine um so there's this stuff, and I swear to God, I, I'm not sponsored by them. <laughs> I'd like to be sponsored by them. Yeah, exactly. But I, this is just something I noticed from observation. Is that, you know, like, I've spilled water on my rolls of frog tape before. Okay. And what happens is when that tape gets wet, it, it causes some kind of reaction on the tape, and it creates this, like, sticky ooze. Mm. I can only describe it as, like, imagine, like, rice paste. Ah, yeah, right? Really? You take rice, Bubbles. mix it with a little bit of water, okay. and you mix it into a really like, thick paste. Right. So that's what starts to ooze out of the tape. Not a good thing. Out of a roll. No, no, no. Yeah. That's, <clears throat> that's what makes it good. So when you, when you put it down, mm-hmm. you put that wet paint over it. Mm-hmm. As soon as the water reacts with the edge of that tape, mm-hmm. it, it creates this ooze that fills ah. in any gaps. And no shit. So you're kind of uh, promoting dumping some water that, over that's what they they call whatever the edge seal technology no whatever shit. that is is it some proprietary chemical that they have really that reacts with water i see and then it, it foams up or whatever the fuck it does but and on a micro level so it doesn't create like ridges or you don't see it unless again no unless you spill water on a big roll of yeah, tape yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you see it happen on the side wow. where all the collected edges are yeah, there yeah. so you get to see the so and, do you dump water on tape now pick it before up. you use it no 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 but <clears throat> So, I think as a result of having to put this shit on, they have to use paper that's a little bit elastic. Okay. 
And because it's a little bit elastic, you can curve that shit. Uh-huh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, so speaking of being dependent on tape, that Nike job that I did, yeah. the whole fucking thing the was done with one. tape. Yeah. That fucking huge 28,000 square feet. Yeah. How long did it take you? Three months. Three months. Yeah, yeah look on John's Instagram. Uh, it'll be in the show notes if you already don't follow him. But yeah, it, it, was, it was a mastodont of a, of a project. That was nuts. I think you worked every day with uh, your assistant. Yeah, for well, three months? I, we, we had we had uh, another person helping us. Mm -hmm. So there's three of us, and it was around. We were estimating twenty eight thousand square feet. Yeah, I mean, it was the inside of a, a warehouse that was a thousand feet by six hundred feet. That's bananas. That's just fucking a massive. Place. So that's like three Costco's yeah. side by side. Unbelievable. And that's the that's all that's the the, the the wall area is contained within that space or it's, it's multiple inside. buildings it's or it's inside. multiple bu buildings it's multiple buildings right. inside the warehouse yeah, yeah 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 so you walk inside the warehouse and they have two they have three giant buildings built inside the warehouse yeah, yeah. that house different things right and so we were painting the walls of these inside buildings so forty feet by you know 100 by 80 by 100 yeah. you know like 220 by 110 oh, 40 massive. feet <clears throat> you know just and then like uh, stripes just 45 degree angle stripes right. right that go from the top of the warehouse yeah. to the bottom like above uh, I every know. cargo door I did a gig where I put everything at 72 degrees mm -hmm. I think it was 72 or it was 38 I uh -huh. forget I think it was 37 or 72 for some reason I can't remember but all the elements and so you're, you're there with the compass and you're there. I use a thing on my iPhone called Levels. Okay. Right? It's an app. And, you know, with, with that little app, which is free, you, you, can, you can mark angles and just put, put a, little, uh, yeah. a little mark there, a little mark two feet up. And That's then you, hopefully you tape it nice and straight so you get those angles. Yeah, yeah. Right? Is that how you did it? Or you brought a big level and <clears throat> you, you fix it out like that? Um, so I projected. Right. And then used chalk line right the good old chalk line yeah. so chalk line is probably the best way to go and if you if you don't have two lifts and you you don't have an assistant holding down one end you just have to use tape right exactly so you yeah. tape the one end down you bring it down right so that vegas mural that i just yeah, did yeah, yeah. lots again, of lots of ge geometry in there the whole too. thing done with tape yeah. and chalk line yeah it's you know ten thousand square feet and it's not just a, like black lines yeah. everything's angry i i was really psyched uh, just to see the pattern post when it was just a black and white lines i'm like <laughs> yes i like this this is psychedelic yeah this is gonna trip people out mm -hmm. but then when uh, the figures started coming in and then the final i'm like okay now you really killed it you know? <laughs> yeah now you really killed it thanks man who yeah. was that for um so that was for a company in Eindhoven, Netherlands. Called... I've been there. Oh, you have? I used to get my weed there. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's one of the closest cities to where I'm originally from, Antwerp. It's okay. just over across the border. And, and, and in, in Eindhoven already, when I was a kid, uh, uh, coffee shops, weed, weed spots were legal. Oh, yeah, of course. So grab a little bag and mm -hmm. hop over the border again. Yeah, so uh, they're called 250K. Okay. And um, so basically, uh, my friend Jeff Godfrey, he is the art curator for um, Insomniac, and so the the the, the, the rave the festival uh, company the festival company yeah. yeah wow and so that's I've been painting with him for like the last 
five or six years, something like nice. that. Just doing a lot of different festivals per year. Right. So one of his uh, colleagues that works at Insomniac is, I believe, from Eindhoven? Eindhoven. Eindhoven. Yeah. Okay, because it's spelled E-I. So uh, I, yeah, I pronounce uh, it Eindhoven. In English, yeah. yeah. But Eindhoven. Eindhoven. Yeah. Okay, it's good yeah. to know the actual pronunciation. But yeah, I think he's from there. And uh, so he was looking for somebody to do this project. Nice. And, you know, we had just finished the Nike job. And I think that people didn't know that I do production work. Because the Nike job was none of my designs. They right. gave me everything. Yeah. And my job was just to go and nail it. And install it. Yeah. Just blow it up 40 feet tall yeah. and make sure it's perfect. Yeah. And, you know, we kicked that fucking job's ass. It, it was great. Because once it was done, we were just like, holy It'll fuck. test you too. Because sometimes when you take a gig like that, it's like, hmm, I'm breaking my back here. I didn't, I didn't even design none of this stuff, yeah. you know? But then you step into a grateful uh, kind of like, you know, because you can wake up and you're like, man, I got to hit it again. Mm -hmm. But then to feel that gratitude that you can apply paint yeah. and get paid and you mm -hmm. work with a great brand, it makes everything so much better. And especially when it's challenging on the scale that this one was. Yeah. It's like, look... I kind of don't want to do it, but I do want to do it. Because I know when, I, when I'll be on the other side of it, mm -hmm. this is going to feel great. And, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a challenge as far as stamina and... and um, concentration. And concentration. Focus. Discipline. Yep. I mean, you know... It's so physical. They, they had an inspector who we never met, um, who would come around, like, usually on the weekend. And then when we... Would you guys take weekends off? You know, in the beginning we did, yeah. and then towards the end we didn't. Uh, I didn't. Yeah. Um, but, you know, especially at the beginning of the, the project, we'd come back and there'd be pieces of tape on oh, really? the, the places that we had painted uh -huh. or we had to repaint for some reason. Really? Yeah. What was wrong with it? Um, it was usually stuff like when you walk up to the wall really close and you look and the, the, the light angles... You can see roller marks are right. uneven. So you need a third coat. No, but it's like when you look at it from any other angle, it's perfect. Wow. But when you look at it from up close and you look at... So it was... They were crawling up our fucking ass. Oh, no shit. So, and the space is being used to, to, to distribute and it's a warehouse. Yeah, location, it's, a, right? it's an operate... It's a functional warehouse. Wow, talk about excellence. So what would you do in that case when there's a piece of tape on an area? You just have to yeah. apply more paint? We just... We had to figure out what it was and then repaint it and... By repainting, you, you're not sanding that down. You're just adding another layer, right? Sometimes adding another layer, but if we had to move a line... Right. Then Ooh. we had to sand. Really? Because the line created a lip of paint from of the old course, line. Yeah. So you have to actually sand that away. So I, I figured out after 20 of these fucking adjustments that spackle actually works way better. So you get joint right. compound. Right. And instead of sanding away that lip, you just right. add a little bit and then smooth it right. so in you the other direction. A little, a little, a little uh, like it tiny creates a hill. tiny, a tiny lump hill. that no one ever sees. Lump, yeah. And it's just a thousand wow. times faster and, than and sanding when, shit. Because this inspector, obviously this is a person that uh, is being paid to inspect. Yes. Right? And a, a lot of jobs uh, are of the nature that if, if, you, if they say everything is okay, yeah. they don't have a job anymore. Right? Or, or you know, so... Not necessarily. Because, did so, you agree with the, with the mistakes that they oh, pointed out? Dude, I mean, I couldn't argue. 
Really? I couldn't yeah. come back and go, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, because this right. is perfect. Um, but what happened was, at, so that happened at the beginning. And in the beginning of the job, we were only contracted for three weeks. And there were three other crews working mm -hmm. that were painting different parts. Right. And basically what happened is that we got the least amount of tape. Yeah. And they fired the other two crews no and shit. just gave us their work. Okay. And so it, it took a three-week job into a three-month job. I see. Because there was another crew doing other murals. Dude, into. once once we started on our own, the tape stopped. Yeah. They yeah. didn't put any more tape yeah. on the fucking walls. Like, right. Because luckily, you know, like, at by this point, Jules and I, my partner, like, we know how to work to very exacting standards. Yeah. And... You know, she has a hotel industry industry background. She was like a hotel manager for a while, and right. that is a thankless fucking job. Right. Every hotel manager you see is just on their last leg. Seriously, <laughs> that is a dysfunctional industry. Because every can... four days you get a new set of requests, and you know, this is our holiday vacation. We need this. We need that. We need this. It, you know what it is? Is <clears throat> there hasn't been a disruptive owner that knows how to run that industry the way that like you know mark benioff the sales salesforce guy mm -mm. so salesforce is like this you know crazy revolutionary kind of business tech that sort of integrates itself into every level of, of your business okay. or whatever and you know they've become this multi-billion dollar company but one of the things that he is most famous for is that he prioritized his call center workers mm -hmm and started bringing a lot of resources and attention to them. Because he's like, look, these are literally the only people we have that talk to our customers. This is where the rubber hits the road. Right. If you have a, an amazing car with bald tires, it doesn't fucking matter how good the engine is. Right. So this is the contact point. So we have to actually prioritize our value here. And he took a, a job that has like a, I think it's like a 65 or 70% turnover rate. Right, you can't keep people in a call center. Two, three percent turnover rate. Right, and part of the reason people love working with this company is because of the the customer service. And, and so, <clears throat> hotels are the same thing, right? They have a, a customer facing side, and that's the contact point for you for your business. Every fucking hotel, when money gets tight, what do they do? Stop hiring front desk people. Mm. The first thing they do is they look at the lowest paid people and they go cut them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because all they're trying to do is conserve their salary and conserve right. their position, and they're not actually trying to make anything. It's, <coughs> and so she, anyway. So she, she comes out of that world. She comes out of that world. So she's she happy to now be painting work. and and like sort of getting into creative stuff. Right. Exactly. And working for us and working <coughs> for stuff that benefits us instead right. of. Benefiting and this boss. is also your girlfriend or your wife? Yeah, uh, we're engaged. Nice. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's 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 it, it's it's got to be fun. You know, there's uh, successful artist couples out there. Yeah. And uh, if if she has the knack for it and understands uh, what it is and and really derives joy yeah. from from applying paint and you know you know you never know what's gonna happen, right? Absolutely. Like so, every day, this, I, I try to explain this to people, we don't know what's gonna happen. Like, today may be grim, tomorrow there's five emails, or three emails, mm -hmm. and it's, that's kinda like the roller coaster of working for yourself, at the same time working a little bit on your dream, what do I want to express, you know? Yeah. Very grateful to paint, 
but also uh, grateful to work on other people's things where I can add things to it. You mm -hmm. know, it's it's it, it all comes together and makes life, um, you know, increasingly less boring somehow yeah. because yeah. we we, we kind of do the same thing, but it. It, it pulls us in different directions, different companies, different visions. Mm -hmm. And then there's our own vision. And, you know, like all of it needs so much attention. So I'm sure coming from like a rigid um, kind of predictable situation now to be by your side and, and, and to build together must be fun. Yeah, 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 I, I, absolutely. And, you know, she's always been very artistic. Right. So it was easy for her to pick up Especially like you know, the first project we did, did together was uh, Tustin, right. which was um, ten thousand square feet. It was another ten thousand yeah. square foot job. Huge gig. And so like she, the first before she started painting, she had to get certified for lips boom operation. Right. You know, and we were on eighty foot lips the entire yeah. job. The tallest one. Yeah. I've well, been on that one. Yeah. Hundred and twenty. Or oh, maybe that's the one I, I was on, yeah. But 120... Eight floors up, to be exact. So uh, here's one thing that I learned the fucking hard way, is 120-foot boom lifts don't traverse sideways at all. Traverse sideways. So, oh, no, it's an, a straight arm. Yeah. An 80-foot boom can yeah. go horizontal. Right. You can fucking put that thing eight feet above the ground right. sideways, right. and it won't tip over. 120-foot boom, you can't go past 30 degrees. Right. So... We needed to go past 30 degrees. Right. We rented one. But when you mean job. 30 degrees, you mean so, the cap? The so, cap? Uh, so from 90 degrees to 60. Okay, so you're motioning your arm. like. You, so you're going from straight up vertical uh -huh. to 60 degrees. Okay, and so that's now... that's it. Oh, it doesn't do that? You can't go huh. past that. I wonder if I was on that one then. It's, they're only designed to go up. They're not designed to take you sideways in any way, shape, uh, or form. Yeah, it's a straight arm, right? There's no articulation. No. Is that what you no mean? No articulation. Yeah. 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 And it's a fucking beast, dude. So, oh my God. Oof. So this, this Tustin job, it was crazy. So this is in Orange County. And it was this, like, you know, $20 million construction project. They had, a, like, four different artists on it. and Or three different artists on it. And... You know, I was painting this one side where there's this winding sidewalk and all project were just like, be careful the sidewalk. You have to lay down plywood before you move the lift. Because it was really? on an incline? No, because they don't want the tires to like rub up. The... Oh, I So see. everywhere we oh. had to park the lift, we had to make sure we had big plywood sheet. And then anytime it rained, we had to like move oh. the lift back. So rust didn't get on. So the whole fucking project, we're just like yeah. watching these sidewalks. And then at the very end, I, I can't reach this spot. Yeah. And I was warning them from before we started the goddamn project. Hey, that spot is going to be a problem. How are we going to do this? Ah, no problem. We'll do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, X, it. Y, and Z doesn't plan, pan yeah. out. So finally, they're like, what can we do? What can we do? And I'm like, I guess we could rent a 120-foot lift. I, yeah. I think it's about wide enough. The sidewalk was like right. nine feet wide. Right. The, these 80-foot lifts are eight feet wide. And so I'm like, I think it's... Okay, it says it's eight feet wide. So we rent the fucker. Get it in position. While we're getting it in position, it is cracking the fucking sidewalk. Yep, I've been every there. Every 20 feet. I've been there. <laughs> it's all, the, uh, all I'm thinking yeah. about is all the hours we spent lugging plywood. Oh my God. And this fucking side. 
And I'm like, look, they told me to do this. Like yeah, they, yeah, yeah. and I told them, yeah. hey, the sidewalk I, might not we hold had this it, lift. I was in, uh, it was an early kind of gig, uh, Puerto Vallarta with Bue, Bue the Warrior. Mm -hmm. And we cracked um, the sidewalk there too. Yeah. yeah. But the lift wasn't even that big. It was just like kind of Mexican sidewalk. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, a little yeah. bit Under code. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> That's like my worst nightmare, dude. Oh yeah. I did, I, the, the one gig I did, if it's this lift, was uh, Washington, D.C., the side of a hotel, mm -hmm. eight floors up, and I painted a map of the surrounding area, just fat cap, right? Mm -hmm. It starts raining, right? So there was a small uh, tree and, and some bushes, which they removed, and then we're going to replant, because that was right next to the wall. But I figured the earth would be, so they put some plywood. It starts raining, but it doesn't stop raining. I'm only there for three days knocking this thing out. And the thing started shifting and sinking, oh right? My God. Which causes the machine uh, to beep. Yes, because right. it's the uneven yeah. alert. Yeah. Also, I'm way, now I'm at floor six or seven doing this outline, you know, just black fat cap. I could have done it in one day pretty yeah. much, but yeah. because of all these uh, 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 like hazards delays, and, and yeah. like yeah, delays, and so it's sinking, and also when the thing is uneven, not level, yeah. it still moves, yeah. but it moves about an inch every second. But I have to, this, there's a giant building here. <laughs> so then we got one of the, the night watchmen of the hotel. Uh -huh. I'm like, hey man, you're gonna do me a favor, I'll pay you, just um, bring an umbrella. If you operate it from down below, we'll be able to go faster, which yeah. you can. Yeah. And so he's standing there all night. Is it okay? No, to the left, to the left. Oh no, my no, 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 up, up, up. No, 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 other left, you yeah. know? And yeah. just like spraying this stuff. Uh-huh. And in the end, we pulled it off. But the thing was sinking, it's beeping. Oh my God. Manually operated. Like yeah. I think I'm way high up. No, the other left, not yeah. so fast, you know? And nightmares these things that's what people don't know you know yeah. they see the thing but sometimes i see things like I'll, I'll never get on the swing lift i'm not gonna do that really i'm not i'm not gonna no? do that. i heard some horror stories interesting because they're not particularly maintained always right you know right uh hoxo from miami he had one of the things one of the cables snap fuck oh yeah all kinds of things and I, yeah, I'll be in a harness hooked up, but also I want to, no, I don't want to be so the thing close. That's falling. <laughs> oh man, Jesus Christ. Look, I figured out a, a long time ago. You'll do I, a swing lift? I, I haven't yet. Yeah. I don't want to do it. I, I, I want to try it. You, yeah. I want to try You're it. Like an extreme. Uh... It's, it's not that. It's just that I know that if you want to do a 90 foot tall fucking painting on the side of a building usually they're not accessible i know especially when it's high up there's there's you can't put a, uh, a boom up onto the roof you're yep. fucked exactly exactly so it's <clears throat> i i kind of know that that's my only path to doing right like a 90 foot tall piece the biggest canvases in the world yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely and um so uh, i mean if tristan can do it we can do it too but uh <laughs> it's just i don't like the idea of 
being so it's kind of like you're printing onto the wall you're coming down oh yeah and yeah, you should yeah. kind of paint as you go that already annoys the fuck out of me i want to do that i want to go to the left i want to go bottom right i want to swing course. around no 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 you you yeah. have to completely adjust your style yeah, yeah, yeah. for your your ability to move around right do you know what i mean like people still do move around right right but you just you have to figure out like okay like, I don't know how those fucking things work. So do yeah. they run on electricity? I'm sure yeah. they do. You know, how... Yeah, there's wheels against the wall. So that, that part is fairly safe. Right. But there's always got to be someone up there to operate it, I think. So you can go up and down, I think. Okay. I don't think you can operate it from the cab. Okay. What do you think? I have no idea. Right. I have no idea. And it would make sense that they would probably require somebody to be up top, right. you know, um, the whole time for safety. Because yeah. it's like if something happens down there, right? Who the f- like help? Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're there. Where did that artist go? Well, he's still up there, but that was months ago. Yeah, it's like the controls <laughs> broke like a on, on the platform. <laughs> what the fuck did we? Yeah, so it's <laughs> but With the peace I, sign before you die. Ah, croak. And you know, you also see the the giant painted billboards going up. Uh, every week right. in LA. Yeah, those know? boys are great. Yeah, yeah, that's Wall Dogs uh, and uh, Colossal. Colossal Media. Yeah. yeah, they're great. Yeah, so it's they did one of my ads before, uh, back in the day, and I'm <laughs> like, okay, that's I recommended them, that's awesome. and, and the agency used them. I'm like, okay, good, we're in good hands. I don't even need to go look. Yeah, you know? yeah, and you know, like that's really cool shit because what they're doing is they're kind of taking advantage of the. Um, I guess, I don't know what you'd call it. It's like there's a, a certain thing that happens with scale. Right. They pounce it first. Well, no, no. Where, when you get an image big enough, right. you don't really have to keep it that clean because right. you're cleaning up a little millimetric part of it. And right. When you and actually get far enough away to see the whole thing. The eye blends everything yeah. together. Yeah. It's sort of like posterized, like in Photoshop, but mm-hmm. less... Uh, contrasty than that, but it's something along it's, those lines. It's yeah. very mechanical. Right. It's very mechanical. You know, right. they, especially the, these big pro- professional outfits. You know, they have different people that do different tasks. Right. They have a whole color mixing department, and right. you know, and they mix massive quantities of these things. And then right. the people painting have a map and with numbers yeah. on, a, on a grid. Yeah. Paint by numbers, but on on a large scale, still not easy to do. Writ large with right. technique. Exactly. Right. Because yeah. you have to know how to blend and all that stuff. Right. And so it's, but in the end, you end up with a photo reel. It looks like yeah. a printed ad. Still mind blowing to me. It is mind blowing, yeah. and and yet obviously, I think it's lost on most people that see it. Right. They think it's giant printed right. in some way. Yeah, it's people yeah. see that and they think magical technology. Right, robots exactly. put it up. Yeah, it, it's 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 unfortunately not something that people look twice at. The the, the image registers. They see a right. oh, new Netflix show. Yeah. But then they don't wonder, how did that get up there? Exactly. Now, what is it? Exactly. Well, except for people like us. We right. know how it actually got up there. And we go, holy fuck. That, holy is, a, that is an amazing photoreal painting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, there, uh, there's a couple on uh, Wilshire, kind of like by Koreatown. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say Wilshire in Vermont. Yep. There's a couple of buildings there that I, I've, I've spied go up a, a few times. Yep. And I'm like, Jesus, what a hero up there. That guy. Yeah. Unknown. To, to the world, but mm-hmm. what, what that crew is pulling off of there, big respect. Well, and you know, here's the ironic part about it, is that the budgets for those 90-foot billboards are quadruple 
the normal art mural budget. I mean, right. at least quadruple. It has to be a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And if only for the painting, I don't know what right. they're paying for that wall. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. The rental on that. Yeah. The rental on that fucking right. wall must be, must yeah. dwarf the actual painting budget. Right. Right. Yeah. And that painting budget is going to be in the six figures. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. So it's, it, it's pretty nuts to think because there's so many alternatives to advertise. But because I think Not they're really. like grandfathered in that those walls have to be hand painted. I, I don't think that's it. You don't think that's it? No, no, no. It's, it's the, so I've priced vinyl before. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking expensive, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like $25, $30 a square foot. Mm. And it doesn't scale down as you scale up. Right, right, right. Do you know right, what right, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I'll, I'll charge someone... $30 a square foot if they want me to paint a 10 by 10 right you know or if it, right. where I'm like okay I'm gonna max but if they want me to paint 10,000 square feet I'm not gonna charge them $350,000 for it right, right? exactly yeah. so I, I scale down as my scale goes up my, right. I price down as my scale goes up right vinyl they can't do that right it's, it's the hard cost of, a, yeah. of, of the printing the it's inks hard stop and the cost. vinyl itself and the ins installation exactly yeah, 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 yeah. and so it gets up there so yeah. as so the the whole reason we got this Nike job in the first place is because uh, so apparently um, according to the people that hired me Nike usually only used vinyl. Okay, so in their, it, like in their vinyl like kind of like wall graphics adhere to the wall. Adhere to the wall, giant yeah. sheets yeah. And, of vinyl. And you know that's not what it was fifteen years ago, so that can look pretty good. Oh no, it yeah. looks perfect. The reason yeah. they always did it is because you get a perfect result. Right. You get a computer printed perfect result. Right. No dot gain in a lot of in a lot of situations. Just no, clean none at all. Clean you flat. You flat can't color. you cannot detect it with your eyeball. Right. If you got a, a jeweler's loop up there, you can right. see it. Exactly. But you cannot with your naked <laughs> jeweler's eye jeweler's loop Yeah. <laughs> detect it. Um, I keep one handy at <laughs> <laughs> for my drugs um, but what happened was in the last 10 years so there's like um, I forget what they're called but they're basically these companies that measure corporate input you know like uh, output uh, you know earnings and all this stuff and what they do is they, they create portfolios for comp for giant investment firms that want to invest in companies right and in the last 10 years, they've added a score in there for investability, and that's environmental uh, friendliness. Right. So they now have an environmental score. Right. Turns out, vinyl anything is super mm. fucking carbon Graceful. intensive. Right. You're creating, again, 28,000 square feet of sheet rubber. Of, of eventual trash. Sheet rubber with paper backing and adhesive. Yeah. Right? Thousand years to decompose. Dude, so much wow, fucking Wow, that's waste. an interesting angle on that. And so yeah. they were like, what's an alternative? Right. And f so for the first time, right. they decided to go with hand-painted. Interesting. Wow. So this is Nike uh, doing due diligence yes. and saying we want to be on the right side of this down to what, what, what the graphics are in the, in the distribution. Uh, We're centers. trying to raise our score. Interesting. So if we can say we used to use this much right, and now we use this much. Now the inspector makes a lot of sense because the inspector is going to be inspected. No, the inspector was only there to crawl up our ass about aesthetics. I see. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also interesting. You know. They work for Nike and they're yeah. like, this doesn't look perfect. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah. Yeah. And dude, I, I don't know if you saw the, the basketball court that we did. Uh, which one was that again? So it was for, yeah. for Nike. Pull it up. So it was at, at the, 
It was the last thing we did on the job. I remember seeing this in the in the brief, and I'm like, thank Basketball God we don't have to. Courts are a bitch. Thank God we don't have to do this one. You see? So. Oh yeah, I did see that. Yeah, yeah it looks super sick, man. But they did that. So that was the. Oh, you did the, that. No, that that was the graphics, and then we ended up doing that was the last job that we did. So Dude. how did you? Did, I'm always. Cause all tape. It's all tape. Huh? So we pounced and you that. Grit, you grit it out. Pounced it. Pounced it. Yeah. Yeah. How big are those pounce rolls? Are so, they like four feet wide at the most? It looks great though. Yeah, at the most, I think. I like how you use the raw concrete here. Yeah, That's well, sick. that was their design. Very nice. Yeah. And did you use a, I know there's a clear coat to put over it so that it doesn't get scratched up within like 10 days. Yeah, so we, was we that had epoxy? To, no, no. Um, we couldn't use epoxy because we didn't prep the floor ahead of time. Right. So with epoxy, you actually have to acid etch the entire floor right. before you can put it on so it I has see. something to grip onto. Right. So we had to actually just spray on layer after layer after layer of concrete sealer. Like that's, satin. you You did that? Oh yeah. Oh my God. Every, we had to do and, and everything. And that's with one of those big uh, no, spray No, I had my hand sprayer at that no point. No way. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of a hand sprayer? What's that? What kind of a hand sprayer? Uh, a Graco Airless hand sprayer. Oh, like the, the Wagner kind of thing? Yeah, so I was doing a, a quart at a time. Yeah, oh my God, you Dude. are a beast, man. Because I, you know me, I would say I'll paint it, Yeah. but I'm not here to finish it. And but that's the gig. Yeah, yeah. well, because the thing about this gig that made it completely different from anything else I've ever fucking done in my entire life is we were being paid by the day. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good thing. So... Every task they added on was an extra day of pay. Yeah. And you can't argue with that. And yeah. they were paying for our fucking housing. So it was right. like, hey, you have to extend an Airbnb. We're not paying for that. Right. Exactly. They're paying for that. Right. So every time they would extend onto the project, right. we're just like, okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you want us to do, okay, another 9,000 square feet? Great. Exactly. Like, let's, let's parlay it. <laughs> yeah. May not be home for Thanksgiving, but you know, I'll be over here. Dude, it's, you know, these kind of opportunities don't come up right. very often. And, you know, you got to kind of strike while the iron is hot. Exactly. So, uh, the, always the trouble is, because uh, I almost said yes to a gig painting basketball courts. Mm -hmm. uh, it was some city, I think it was North Carolina or something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had to... Get, Put, put the full deck together. Who are we going to use? What's the paint? There's special paint you can use. Did you uh, use latex for that? And then just seal yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. See, there's also like tennis court and basketball uh, court paint. But it's different. It's not the same. It's so, plastic. Exactly. It's melted plastic. Exactly. And then you seal it with the special sealant and you prep it with a certain prepper. Yeah. And then, so we went down, down all of those things. In the end, I couldn't do it for the budget because it's like, man, this is... It's not just some fun thing to do. This nope. is a whole operation. Absolutely. Vendors involved, um, guarantees of how long it will last. Mm -hmm. But the, the most difficult That's thing about... That's the most dangerous thing right there. Exactly. Fuck, man. And then they want to build in, like, if there's touch-up, can you come do it? I'm like, wow. This maintenance is all, schedule. Yeah, maintenance. Ooh. Maintenance schedule is... It's <laughs> terrible. You're kind of on your own after uh -huh. you're done, you know. Because uh -huh. I don't know. And, and so the trickiest part of painting a basketball court, tennis courts are different, but still tricky, was, uh, at least for me, it's it's the white lines on top. Yep. Did you do those? Yeah. Or did you have a, a specialized, because there's specialized companies, they only do lines on courts. We had to do everything.
Oh my god. Every So thing. how did you do that? Were the lines Take, already there? No. So how do you know where the lines are? I looked up a, a chart. And and so but that three point line is a motherfucker. How'd you do that? Uh string. But how do you know it's supposed to be right there? So so they gave us a graphic. It's position, you know what I mean? They gave us a graphic and I asked them what they based the graphic on and they gave me the court size because there's different court Size sizes courts, yeah. and this is an NBA regulation this is some like collegiate or something and um, so before we laid it out I basically laid out all the lines how did you lay out all the lines with a diagram string? and measurements and string that's nuts. And so, because that that curvature, it's not just a perfect half circle. It's not that. It has straight lines yep. and then it curves. That's right. But but, but so the but the center of that curve is directly underneath the hoop. The center. Oh, is it? Yeah. Interesting. So the center of, of the that. three. I just looked at the diagram yeah, and yeah. I go, oh, oh, and you that broke makes it down sense. based on what you knew. That makes right. sense. It's like if you look right directly. I did not know that. Center of dead center of the Interesting. hoop. Interesting. Then the, so that means that everywhere you shoot from is equidistant to the right. That's the whole reason. But there is that one at, you know, the the end of the court. There's mm -hmm. just before that curvature starts. It flattens. There's, there's about two, three, four, five feet or something that's of a exactly straight right. line. That's exactly and right. And then it curves. Yep. Because that's the the equidistant part to the hoop from yep. that position probably. Look, uh, believe me, when when I found out that. They, they wanted us to do the, the lines. The lines itself like, is a week's worth of work. God damn it. Is that a week worth of work, those lines? Mm. <laughs> Just about. Four days, oh. three people working 10 hours a day. Wow. So 40 hours. Heavy. Right. Heavy. Um, but, you know, by that point, like, we had done so much text. We had done so much proprietary text that has to be perfect. Like, really, right. to just do stuff. it. Yeah. I mean, that shit has yeah. to be... Oh, yeah. Spot fucking on. Yeah, and the 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 middle part of the D, if if that's too thin or too thick, that's your ass. Everything, <laughs> man. Uh, you know, so it, and there were a couple of walls. Like we did a, what was it? Like a twelve thousand square foot wall that just had text on it. Bananas. So it said like always listen to the voice of the athlete, and right. it wrapped a corner. So Ugh. when a hundred. And 20 feet, wrapped a corner, and went 200-some feet. And then the letters were 40 feet tall, and they repeated. So yeah. it was like, always, 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 always. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. listen, listen, listen. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> Are you using a, a short throw projector for these no, days? No. Oh, no. you're not? Why not? Uh, I, at the time, I didn't have one. Okay. And but you knew it existed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, at this point, like, I, I bought a portable one that was 4K. Right. I thought it was short throw. Turns out, yeah, not very short throw, um, but it's it's good because so much of the that's expensive for a projector. Well, no, 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 four K. Oh, four K uh, lumens. Yeah, I see. No, 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 four um, K resolution. Resolution. Yes. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Lumens or resolution. No, no. no. Yeah. Lumens is how bright. Resolution is like how many pixels right. per per I square inch. Yeah. Um, and that one probably cut you off, so you have to paint it in sections. Yeah. And yeah, you got to do the whole thing in sections. So you got to measure, mark the wall. That's our first section. That tape line is our first section area projection. Let's get that in, and then you start matching up. Yeah, that's doable. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I did um, chalk line, horizontals, and verticals. Yeah. 
uh, in areas that I knew were there right. according to the... Because um, one thing that I was really able to do easily was uh, use their elevations. Right. Because there was a lot of windows and doors. Right. And then there was one section around the corner where the whole bottom two floors of this building were glass. Uh. And so they had people come in ahead of us and put in vinyl letters. I see. So you, you can match that up, but it's, it could and be tricky too. Dude, so I thought it was going to be tricky. It actually turned out to be awesome. Be helpful. What I did was for this one section, it was like a 200 fucking foot long section, I just measured everything yeah. based off the vinyl letters. Crazy. Because I had the first like two letters to uh -huh. kind of gauge it off of. So I'm like, oh, okay, so if the base of this is like 15 feet, then the base right. of that. And so I was able to do the rest of that wall, yeah. lay it out with just. And by the way, tape, for, for the measure. European listeners, uh, three feet is a meter. So when you're talking about 200 foot sections, we're talking about 70 meter sections. <laughs> That's a long ass motherfucking area. <laughs> yeah. And it's also tall, 40 meters. So it's 10 meters high by uh, 70 40 meters. Feet. 40 feet. 40 feet. That's 10 meters. Yep. 11 meters. Yep. Maybe 12. Mm -hmm. By 70 meters. Like most little streets, you know, uh, where you guys are from over there. That's that's a whole street. That's a whole little section. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Dope, it's man. it's great working that scale though because everything else seems so fucking manageable. Right. Yeah. You know? It that that is what it is. Once you do a big thing, uh, a big thing that you're not necessarily all the way practiced in. Mm -hmm. Then when you come back to regular size big walls, you're like, ah, oh, this, this ain't no thing. Right? Well, and you know, a, another thing that I've always kind of tried to put into practice is to always run towards and investigate the things that scare me. Right. Because a good rubric is that if, if it's in your life for not a, a non-superfluous reason and it scares the piss out of you, it's probably pretty important. Yeah. It should, at the very least, be investigated, and at the very most, be embraced and explored yeah. and kind of taken to right. some kind of resolution. That that resonates a lot because um, um, the power of saying yes, especially when you you know you've set on a path and you decided, look, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm doing this, mm -hmm. and so you'll get a lot of things offered and opportunities sent your way and it may not be exactly what you want to do mm -hmm. um it may even seem like why am i getting that like that is so not yeah well, am i being mistaken for someone else and but then when you say yes to that like the amount of experience and then eventual wisdom you derive from saying yes yeah. like it, you're sort of taking a chance and at the same time you're learning mm -hmm. And it's in your back pocket now because you—it's it's a problem, problem-solving situation, right? So if you if you solve those problems that come with saying yes to a thing that's not particularly in you know something within your wheelhouse or, or comfort zone, mm -hmm. having said yes and being on the you know before you know you're on the you're you're on the you're looking back at it now it's completed yeah you know that level of it's just invigorating energy. Because you know you tackled it and you maybe over-delivered. Mm -hmm. And if you deliver, then you can be self-satisfied. But I, just I, that power is its something... Please speak on that. Yeah. I, I, I really do think that there's a, an evolutionary reason for, for that feeling. 
right? Mm. And I think that, that that reason is that there's something to be rewarded with human enterprise that says cross over the next valley, mm. even though no one else has, and come back with a lot of fruit and fish yeah. and whatever. And gold nuggets. Right? <laughs> and it's, it's the success of exploring, right? right? And that's, we as a species, that's all we are. We're successful by exploring. Right. And that's all we fucking do. Right. And so this is just tapping into that. It's just tapping into that. But it's, it's a primeval pull that we have created an entire society that's dedicated to basically nerfing its effects. Mm. You know, like we, we make sure that for the most part, people can't starve to death. People right. can't die from diseases. Like we've basically tried to remove ourselves from the natural flow of life as mm -hmm. much as we can. That's what society basically right, is. From the dangers of, you know, uh, being a, a nomadic tribe, yeah. traversing great distances and, and hopefully finding a river before we become sedentary and build a village or something. Right? Yeah, exactly. Well, and, right. and guess what those nomadic tribes are that right. we are not. They right. are part of the food chain. Right. Right. So exactly. we've removed ourselves from the food chain. From being predated on. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. And that's something that human beings have not really been able to say for like 99.9% .9 yeah. of our existence. Yeah. So we have all these primal drives that are super fucking useful in survival and evolution, all that stuff. And they become huge hindrances within a society that's basically designed to obviate the need for those drives okay you don't have to be aggressive anymore there's no one to fight right right a lion's not going to come out and fucking attack your family right the next tribe over is not going to come and attack you you do not have to be on high alert yeah. all the fucking time anymore guess what most men are in one way or another they can't explain it sometimes yeah they don't fucking understand especially when they start hitting puberty i used yeah. to teach high school in santa yeah. monica and i would yeah. see this and i go i know what you're going through you want to destroy the world. You have no idea why you feel so angsty and depressed. Angsty, you have no that's reason the word. to. That's yeah. the punk word. <laughs> yeah. Teenage angst. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. I okay. get it. So that's a survival mechanism. And what that's designed to do, it's designed to um, increase genetic diversity. Right. Because what that does is when you hit puberty as a young male, in any most mammal species, nature goes, hey, don't mate with your mom or sister. Yeah. So go, go strike out your fortune somewhere else. Yeah. What we're going to do is we're going to make them so fucking hard to stand <laughs> that all you want to do is get as far away from them as possible. <laughs> yeah. And you think it's in your mind and it's in your diary and some yeah, of this yeah, shit yeah. they're doing. No, it's an ancient fucking drive that, yeah. that ensures genetic diversity. Yeah, and that's, yeah, yeah. Interesting. And yeah. we're, we're grappling with it. And we're yeah. constantly grappling with these things, right, that we're, we think are generated by society and generated by like this complex human right. behavior no it's, it's ancient yeah. shit biological it's... drives uh and then genetics depending on what sort of heritage you have down those lines exactly you know right. and, now uh, now we know epigenetics is a real thing right exactly yeah and so how do you feel about this whole CRISPR thing where we can start editing those things fuck man I can't are you wait. like this could be good or this could be super dangerous because it seems like you're kind of like you went you did some deep dives into these you know I don't know that much about CRISPR <clears throat> um the thing that obviously is going to be the most dangerous is when you can do what are called germline changes mm. to people where it's heritable, you pass it on, right. it becomes permanent within the breeding population. Right. Things right. like balding and... 
you know? yeah, where yeah. CRISPR could, uh, you know, uh, yeah. completely reverse right. that. But uh, then you find Alzheimer's, out Alzheimer's, let's say, or something. Like yeah, that. you find out later on that your sweat kills bees or something. Exactly. Right? It's yeah. like <laughs> yeah, that, that's the problem with shit like yeah. this is we think uh, we're doing one change and. Uh, uh, uh. So, oh my God. So the Simpsons, obviously, they, they always sum this up the best. Um, there was an episode where they go to Australia and they accidentally release... Oh, no, 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 fuck. It's not the Australia episode. It's They get these uh, lizards that get released into town and they start eating bird eggs and they think it's a disaster, but then the lizards start eating pigeon eggs and so the town celebrates <laughs> and they give Bart an award and Lisa's like... Isn't this short-sighted? I mean, we're just going to be overrun by lizards. And Principal Skinner's like, "Oh well, uh, we have uh, we're going to release wave after wave of Chinese needle snakes. That'll wipe out those lizards." Exactly. And she's like, "What about the snakes?" And he's yeah. like, "We have this awesome uh, species of gorilla lined up that thrives on snake meat." Yeah. And she's like, "But then we're going to be stuck with gorillas." And yeah, he goes, exactly. "That's the beauty part. Yeah. In the winter time, the gorillas freeze to death." <laughs> <laughs> Silly. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah that, that, you know, the, the balance of things, like the way nature... As soon it, as we start fucking yeah. with it. Yeah, you, like, take, oh, you take one thing out and, um, yeah, non-native imported uh, species of animal, like let's say in Australia or something, mm -hmm. or even in Texas with all the, uh, the wild pigs there. Dude. They, they're not native to, the, to that land, so they, they became apex predators yep. for, for the most part, yep. destroying everything in, in, their, in their wake. Yep. And with no predators yeah. to check their population. Exactly. So that, but then when, once you start fiddling and, and tweaking you know, the human genetic code and, and, and start, well, you know, I, I would like, you know, guaranteed non-baldness for my child or yeah. whatever it is. Guaranteed you know? non-myopathy. Uh, or right? what, whatever, yeah. Yeah, protection from every kind of cancer that you yeah. can think of. Then, but it, its counterpart, like, it will have an effect. And that's based to the age-old thing of cause and effect. Yeah. You know, um, th th there is a pendulum that, ha that needs to swing for some reason that we haven't figured out. Well, and, and yet, maybe, because right now, in terms of technical capability, we're really running up against the physical limitations of, like, how many microprocessors we can actually fit on a silicone chip. Yeah. And so Moore's Law... And it's laws, a lot already. It, yeah. yeah. Is, it's is bananas. A, about to flatten. If we can't figure out quantum computing, right. it's about to flatten. But maybe the key is that we need smarter people to, li to live longer. And maybe these CRISPR people free of any worry of disease or genetic, you know, heritable, right. you know, calamity, they're going to have 80 years of productive life right. and they live to 120, you know, like, and maybe they're one of these people is the key to solving, you right. know, the thing that's the log jam, the current log jam in technology. Right. But, you know, contrast is needed, you know, it's the yin and yang yeah. uh, principle. Yeah. You know, if, if the temperature everywhere is always 72 degrees, 72 degrees ceases to exist, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So if it's, your, if, if it's in your interest to experience 72 degrees, you would pray for something that's anything other than 72 degrees so that you may experience 72 degrees as far as temperature goes. And so that... That's an evolved way to look at it. But it's, 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 it's needed. It's not the way most people look at it. I'm not sure. I can't really speak for most people, but it feels like there's a great interest in, of course, uh, mitigating the suffering. Mm -hmm. And uh, who would say no to that, right? But 
I, I look at back in my own life and, and all, all the troubles, the struggles, the strife. Oof, what, I, I wouldn't be who I am now. Yeah. But how much do I like myself now is then the question. And is there still a secret voice in there that says, man, you could have been way better if you didn't have to deal with all that shit. Mm -hmm. Right? So mm -hmm. it depends how big that little voice is. Well, and then and that, that voice has a, a right to speak and to say, hey, man, it could have been a lot easier for me. Right? If I was a trust fund child or like I had it easy or so whatever. It, you're talking about the ego. Right. And the ego has a place. Right. right. I think that, again, if we talk about uh, evolutionary byproducts, the ego, I think, exists in any animal that lives communally, right? So any animal that shares a food source, right. those animals have to have an ego right. that there's speaks a, up. There's an instinctual alpha thing and beta thing, or there is, if, if yeah. It, it, no, it's, it's, it's simpler than that. It's the voice that speaks up when it's feeding time. Right. That says, hey, I deserve food too. Right. That's it. Right. So that's what the ego was designed for, right? right? And when it's basic survival stuff, the ego's fucking great. Yeah, yeah. It's always got our back. It always knows the right move. The right move get. is take get, care get, of get me. What you gotta get. Take care of me <laughs> first. Yeah. First. Yeah. I should eat first, yeah. right? We've wrapped ourselves in a society where the ego bumps up against the edges of everything now. Mm. Because usually when we act selfishly, that's when we regret acting the way we fucking act, right? right? And the ego's constantly, it's the imperative is be selfish. It feels less good knowing the repercussions of that act, right? Well, because we, we've complicated our society beyond communal feeding times. Right. And so <laughs> yeah, that nuance right. brings a level of sophistication the ego is not designed for, no. right? And that, that's why it's constantly getting us in trouble. Right. Um, but it turns out there's all kinds of like practical, like practices and very simple sort of interventions that you can do that sort of quiet that voice and allow your, your actual inner voice to speak when you want to. The biggest thing that has it's literally transformed my life is self-talk. Self-talk, regulating your self-talk. How do you talk to yourself, right. right? When you make a mistake, what do you say? Do you say, you fucking dumbass motherfucker. Oh, yeah. You fucking piece of shit. Of right. course you would fail this. Of course this is just you and a long yeah. string of fucking failures and yeah. now here it is again, yeah, yeah. fucking and, up and, our lives. And if that, uh, that voice that like, you know, beat you down verbally, right, is also um, kind of uh, superimposed on, on a voice that you grew up with, mm -hmm. like a father figure or an uncle or oh, a mom. Oh, fuck, yeah. Well, that's where it's generated Yeah, from. and that's where the tricky, the, un, the disconnecting from those signals that you received as a child while moving into adulthood and now, you know, moving deeper into adulthood, the, the noticing of it is, 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 is the most important thing, I think, because then at least you notice that you're doing yeah, that. Yeah. And then, because we, we kind of identify so much with, our, with the people that kept us safe. Mm -hmm. If there was any kind of technique that they used to sort of keep us in check, we'll just adopt that and then we'll pass it down if, if there's offspring. Un un unquestioningly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, not just that, but we, we approach it in this almost like punitive, 
uh, psychological way where we think to ourselves, well, I made a mistake. If I go easy on myself, I'm going to perpetuate that mistake. Right. The only way that I'm going to keep myself from making that mistake again is if I'm very hard on myself exactly. and I punish myself yeah. and now I've learned my lesson. Right. right. And that's a Judeo-Christian thought. Yeah. Suffering builds character. That's exactly right. And, and you know, you got to get punished. Good deeds need, exactly, exactly. need to be punished. Yeah. Penance needs to be served. Exactly. Right? So it turns out the science is flipped. It's oh, yeah. literally the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in 2016, I saw this uh, Google talk that this woman, Kelly McGonigal, gave. Uh, she's like a, I think she's a professor and, you know, researcher in, in this kind of stuff, behavioral, you know, um, psychology. And she looked at a bunch of different studies where the entire motivation was people trying to tackle willpower challenges. Mm. And so one of the studies she detailed was um, people that are trying to lose weight. So mm. they did this test on them where they found a big group of people who wanted to lose weight. And they said, okay, please come to you know so, such and such testing facility. They get there. And the researcher goes, okay, so behind me you can see there's tables lined with desserts and cakes and goodies of all kinds. And we just want to see what your impression is of everything. So please just taste everything. Just go nuts. Right? So the control group, they're just like, go eat. The experimental group, the researcher said, now we understand uh, there are some of you in the audience that uh, are trying to lose weight, that are on a diet. And we just want to tell you that, you know, what you're doing right now isn't wrong. There's nothing wrong with you for wanting to indulge in something that you like. Right. People indulge all the time. We're asking you to do this. You're not cheating. So please go. The people who got the speech ate 35% less candy uh -huh. than the people who didn't get the speech. Interesting, yeah. Because they felt better about themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they did this with smoking. They yeah. do this with, you know, a lot of different willpower challenges and what they find. So the that ones that were spoken to and said, look, I know you're on a diet, but you can indulge. It's totally fine. They ate less. Because they were positively affirmed in, in, in the, the positive change that they tried to make for themselves. And they weren't like prohibited from or whatever. They, they indulged less. It's not just that, but there's, um, I think there's something that that psychological absolution right. brings, which is it prevents, it, there's like a positive feedback loop that can happen with people that are on a willpower challenge, right? right. Because what happens is that usually people who smoke or, or, or eat, like, you know, emotionally eat, right. when they feel stressed, this is the thing that they fall back on. Right, exactly. So when they berate themselves, they yeah. feel stressed, yeah, yeah, yeah. which causes them to go back to yeah. the thing that they're literally trying to quit. Right, exactly. Yeah. Whereas if you give them an emotional out, right. they don't feel stressed. And they also, I'm sure they feel seen by that little uh, speech that was given to them. That's, like, ex that's I, I'm, exactly I'm being right. seen. Yep. And uh, there's also, there, there's no punitive sort of uh, energy coming towards me. It's still, you're, you know, you're not a bad person. You, we see you, yeah. and that kind of reinforcing I see you with the option is still yours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, exactly, because yeah. it's still free will. Right. But now they engage in it because they feel better about themselves. Right. And so it turns out that the way, if you want to fail any willpower challenge, make yourself feel bad about yourself. Yeah. Because that's what will happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I have a, a perfect illustration of this. Like, 
So this happened on that, that Tustin job. It was, you know, in Orange County, super crazy discipline on site, you know, everything by regulation. Last week of the project, I'm in a rush because we're so far behind and I'm just like, okay. So we're trying to move this 80 foot lift. It's the morning. My site supervisor's like, wait for me. I'm going to be there in 10 minutes. Yeah. And I'm like, I got this. He's like, wait for me. Yeah. Hang up. Julie's like, just wait for Carlini. Just wait for Carlini. Please, just fucking wait. I'm like, I got this. Don't got this. <laughs> trying to move the fucking lift around the building. It's this super fucking delicate area. And I sink the fucking thing in the ground. No way. I'm trying to drive it out. It's oh sinking deeper and deeper and deeper. Oh my God. Right? Concrete floor? No, it, it was a sidewalk and then grass and mud and everything. Oh and so God. it's sinking in the mud. Jesus Christ. I finally get it to the point where it's stuck. 80 foot fucking lift, stuck in the mud. This thing weighs like 60,000 pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I'm... Um, just, I got the flop sweat flowing. Yeah. Julie is so mad at me, she can't even look at me. Because uh, she told me. She fucking told me. <laughs> yeah. I have, n I, this is the most I've fucked up on anything in my yeah. entire life. You just want to get busy, you're ready to go, yeah. Dude, this thing, I'm in my mind, I'm like, is this going to cost me $10,000 or $20,000? Because that's like literally my entire, almost my entire profit for this yeah. fucking yeah. project. So, <clears throat> in that moment... I could have been like, you dumb motherfucker, mm. you stupid fuck, how dick, blah, 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 all that shit, yeah. right? Flowing into that negativity. Instead, what I did is I said, okay, you fucked up bad. So don't fuck up any further by running away. Yeah. Because I know you want to go inside yeah. and just sulk yeah, face and it. hide, Come, stay here answer everyone's question anytime someone looks at it go yeah i fucked up <clears throat> and just stay here and Think i was kind of i was kind to myself in my brain right but in the same time i'm, I'm like don't don't run you right. know like and because in the past you would have just like disappeared or something dude every be out instinct there. in my brain Where's was John? like go oh, inside I don't know. I think go inside Texas. go inside yeah. just go inside yeah. don't fucking do it you know yeah. And because I was kind to myself, mm. you know, I was able to just go, okay, you fucked up. Like everyone fucks up, but this is pretty big. Yeah. So. Because it was like the, the, uh, the, the grass parts, it was all tore up and it sunk. So, and it's so like basically we had this lift on this elevator tower and there was an L-shaped sidewalk uh -huh. that we had to walk it across. Uh -huh. But the L-shaped sidewalk was next to the brand new building. Uh-huh. And it was just wide enough for the lift. Right. So when you turn that corner, if you don't hit it with with the system, if you don't you're get gonna the be exact in the right angle, you're going to hit the build. You're going to hit the brand new building, yeah. which is a glass corner. Ooh. Super fucking stressful, right? Yeah. So I I, f I fucked up. Yeah. And it, anyway, it was it it was literally the the first time I was able to put that practice into action. Right. You know what I mean? Where I right. was like, this worked, because. Up until that point, it had already been working. Do you know right. what I mean? As soon as, as soon as I saw that that uh, Google talk, and I was like, "Man, this is, the science supports all this." I'm gonna stop. I'm just gonna stop doing this. Like, right. one of the first things I noticed was, I picked up an exercise routine that I was able to keep up on my own. That was the first time I've been able to do that in my life. Yeah. 
Like a mental exercise or physical? No, 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 like physical. Okay. Like, like working out, right? right? Up to that point, if I wasn't in a team sport and someone was motivating me to fucking work out, yeah. I wasn't going to oh, fucking yeah. work out. What was the exercise routine? Uh, I mean, it started off with just push-ups in the morning. Right. Before the shower. Tuck, tuck. Just as soon as I woke up. Yeah. And what happened was I got, I got a job at this animation company doing like character design storyboards. And so I was on a schedule for the first time in years right. and I was having trouble waking up and so I was just like you know what you just got to get your blood pumping yeah and so I just started doing push-ups as, as soon as I woke up yeah. and it was something where I just did that every day for how many like, would you do 50 two sets of 50 yeah, or something? maybe start off 15 right. I think by right. the end I was only doing like 30 right. you know in the morning just but it's just enough to get your like a prickle of sweat yeah. Your heart's pumping and right. you're awake now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no fucking chance you're going back to sleep. Yeah, 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 like yeah. there's no chance. Yeah. And that's how it started. And then it transformed into now I do probably five or six hours a week. Yeah. Where I'm just, you know, I have weights and I have body weight exercises. Yeah. You go to the gym or you do it at home? I just do everything at nice. home. Nice. I have a yoga membership, so I do yoga. Okay. Like three times a nice. week, something like that. That's good, man. Yeah. Even when you're on a job, because I find when mm -hmm. I'm on a job, for some reason nothing else exists but that job. Yeah. And so that's why I'm a little bit envious of your relationship because no. like, it's <laughs> I don't, very I don't hard for me I'm to just care like about anything else. But like I'm thinking about the project, the wall, fuck that color. I need it to be brighter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That outline, whatever it is, I'm, I just get so sucked in. Mm -hmm. And um, end of the day, I want to eat. I want to go to bed. I want to wake up. I want to get there as soon as possible. I'm sorry I'm tired, I say to myself. Yeah. But I need to be there again. So then... If you're in a relationship and she wants to go have dinner and all this sort of, I'm like, dinner? <laughs> you don't know what I'm dealing with. <laughs> yeah. And they, they look at you and, and, and they feel like, okay, you're a little bit nuts, aren't you? Uh, well, and, and I'm like, it's a well, classic workaholic. You, you right? fell in love with a guy that likes this kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 But then over the years, because I used to be really bad with that stuff. With just concentrating only on work. Yeah. yeah. So now, Me too. Uh, since two relationships ago, uh, which it, the, two relationships ago that girlfriend really suffered from my work, workaholic tendencies yeah. like I don't care if it's the weekend I'm, I don't live in a, in, in a world of weekends yes that's exactly if you don't have someone that's paying your bills weekends are meaningless oh, meaningless okay like, so so when, when Jules was in the hotel industry and I was an artist she used to make so much fun of me because I would forget what day it was and then she'd be like, like, babe, it's Saturday. And I'm like, like oh, oh my God, it's Saturday? Feels like a like, Monday. How do you forget? <laughs> yeah. Now that she's working with me, she forgets all the exactly. fucking time. It's you're, so you're, funny. You're, you're just, you, you got the projects list. Yep. You got the deadline list. Yep. And you got the excitement you feel for each respective thing. Yeah. And then also the prep. Different things are in different stages of prep. Yeah. Right, you're you're anticipating problems. You're nipping those in the bud mm -hmm. before they happen, mm -hmm. and then you're constantly going over that list or those lists yep. in order to be, be smooth sailing. And there's no surprises as they're happening in, in, in real time. Dude, I, it's sort of who I am. And I, good luck trying to plan a trip to Palm Springs <laughs> in the middle of that. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm about to start a big project when I start dreaming about that shit. Oh, I, I, I get so excited. Yeah. I don't even want to go to sleep. Yeah. I know I need physical sleep. And so my trick for those that are in the same position that John and I are <laughs> sometimes 
is when you can't fall asleep because you're too excited about the next day, which I'm in that zone still, and I'm so thankful yeah. that I have that excitement still. Because yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been doing it a long time, and so have you. Mm -hmm. The trick to fall asleep is when you're laying there and you're tossing and turning, you're thinking about the color pink and the turquoise, and like, man, that's gonna be a problem. And how is that gonna work out? And shit, you know, like all those things, you're going over and over and over and you're tossing and turning, you can't seem to fall asleep. You, you decided I'm not gonna open my eyes because I'll, I'll reset back to where I was three hours ago, <laughs> right? That's a good one. But just picture yourself being on an airplane, flying coach, mm. longest flight you've been on. You're flying coach and you picture yourself sitting coach and so uncomfortable, the knees hit the thing in front of you you know, the armrest, the person next to you is like drooling on you. And just picture yourself being there and all of a sudden, snap. You're, giving a, you're given a bed that you can lay in. <laughs> hey, that's me now. Wow, I'm on an airplane, but I'm comfortably sleeping. Hmm. I'm laying down on a transatlantic flight. This is, this, this is, I mean, even business class isn't as good as this. Yeah. And so I use that trick uh -huh. and I feel so thankful for having the leg room. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm laying down now yeah. and I can go to sleep. Okay. That's so what I do. That's all the time. Reframing your reality. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So I do that every time I'm in traffic. Nice. Okay. What I do, it's funny because I talk to Jules about this all the time, is I imagine that someone from the like uh like a merchant from the 15th century has been transported into my passenger seat okay. <laughs> and he's looking at the 10 and it's there's a thousand cars as far as the eye can in see. traffic like 4 p.m yeah and yeah. he's inside a car and i'm trying to explain to him like where we are yeah so this is a car and yeah that's climate control that, so it's cool in here, even I though it's 100 that. degrees outside. And, and Air he's conditioning just like, is amazing. how many of these are there? Like, ah, too, too many couches. They're standard now. Like, everyone owns one of these? A, like A moving couch, but there's no horse pulling it? Yeah, it's like he looks back and... That's funny you said it, because I've thought the same thing. Yeah. And it's a good time to listen to a podcast, check up, check up on the news. Yeah, if, if, you, don't, whatever. if yeah. you don't have those outlets... Gotta, gotta change your reality. I, I yeah. do that, and it I do the same helps. thing. I love that I, you do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's very... We have that in common, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Because it can be either you're sitting in traffic and you're, you're like cursing everyone out. Yeah. Hey, man, learn how to you drive or whatever. Or like someone that's like slow poking and then you're envious of the uh, the motorcycle dudes. Mm -hmm. But when you can say like, man, I'm in a comfortable, luxurious couch, right? I don't need to feed my horse. Yep. There's no horse. Yep. I can put on whatever I want to listen to, yep. put the AC on, right? I have my drink. Hey, life is not that bad. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Unless if you got to get somewhere real fast, then it's like, God damn it, I'm late. Then you're fucked. Yeah. Then, then you're, you're zigzagging. You can't think yeah. of anything else. And zigzagging doesn't really work anyway. And it doesn't. And, you know, because I, road rage was a big thing for me really? for a long time. Um, it's still Were you an is. asshole before I met you? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> you would it. not, you would not have liked me. <laughs> my man. Yeah? Did yeah. you have a short fuse before? Oh my God. I, I was, I was so fucking aggressive no and combative. Where, where did that come from, you think? I, I had a, a hyper-disciplined upbringing. I got mm. hit a lot by my dad. You grew up Korean, yeah? Yeah. All yeah. my Korean friends. Yeah. The mom is hard. 
Mom is hard. So in, in my family, it was definitely patriarchal. Yeah. And, you know, my dad beat the fuck out of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Common so story, yeah. It, it unfortunately habituated me to a very combative, fear-based yeah. sort of uh, mentality approach with, especially when I would get stressed. So yeah. that's actually when it would manifest itself is like, anytime I felt social stress, anytime right. I felt personal stress, it would um, sort of rear its ugly head and then suddenly I would find myself like... Identifying with your dad. Well, no, I would, I would behave yeah. in ways, automatically right. behave in ways that I would later regret. Right. And so I'd look back Saying and go, harsh things, showing too much aggression. Yeah, yeah. yeah. being I get it. overly aggressive, being overly dominant, yeah. saying yeah. something that was yeah. too, over the line. Seeking kind of control thing. of the situation. Exactly, yeah. aggressive control. Right. right. Which is a good technique, again, back down the survival line. it's fucking exactly. great but in practical reality food. now there's other options yeah. right yeah. <laughs> yeah when you go give me that food now no that's no good so it's it, it took it took a really long time for me to kind of sort through it and realize like oh there's all kinds of stuff that you haven't addressed mm. and maybe those are connected to compulsive behaviors right. and and as i began to address them i realized like oh okay like once you know like why you do something right it doesn't stop you from doing it, but it does lessen the chance of its repetition. Exactly, because you're now aware of your own behavior as it's happening. It's not compulsive anymore. You're being creative rather than reactive. Yes. Right. Exactly. And so once you understand the origin of it, it actually lessens its impact. Right. And then another thing that I've really kind of like tried to engage in for probably the last 15 years is this uh, practice of becoming friends with your past right, right. so everyone has uh, horrible humiliating memories oh, that bubble it. up yeah and then you go like ah, nah, like yeah. like as Shame Gober says like you have to that. scream them out of your yeah, head yeah, yeah, yeah. or also victimhood in, in some cases yeah yeah no like it's it's always a, a hyper strong emotional connection right. to these memories and what happens is as soon as the memory bubbles up you re-experience the emotion right. that was inflicted upon you when that thing happened, right. right? Or you inflicted upon other people, which is, in my case, it was always my acting out um, that humiliated me. Did you have but, brothers and sisters? Uh, one brother. Yeah. Older or younger? Older. Older. Super responsible. Yeah, yeah. Hyper perfect, you know, The perfect way. one, right? Exactly. And you're, you're the disappointment. I'm the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm the black sheep. Why don't you get a real job? <laughs> yeah. What is all this drawing around? But yeah. So anyway, in, in terms of like these awful memories so it turns out that there's like again evolutionary reason for all of this is that when you have um, a memory of something that has a lot of emotion attached to it your brain just automatically goes oh this is important yeah so if you almost got attacked by a lion around that that bend oh yeah with the trees it's like oh fuck don't ever go around yeah. that bend by the trees super fucking practical yeah. but hyper awareness of the situation there's a danger my, even like when it comes to parental things, my life could like my, I can, may not survive yes. unless if this works out in my favor. Yes. And then you either eat it or you lash out. As children, we never lash out. We take it inside and then we carry it with us through life. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and exactly because because the the horrible memories that we store up have no survival purpose, no, right? Yeah. So if you got your pants pulled down in high school, like, yeah. and you re-experience that over and over again with all the humiliation, that doesn't do anything for your actual survival chances. Right. In fact, it makes you more likely to die early right. because you're experiencing more stress. Right. And so there's this practice, practice of like, 
releasing the emotional content of memories. Right. And what happens is when you do that... Do you do, do, you do that uh, in the way that I've done it, which is to go back there in, in, in the walled-off situation of a therapist's office and you relive it, but now within the safety of, of the therapist's uh, zone? That's a great way to do it. Yeah. That's a great... I, is that I, how you did it I also? personally didn't do it that okay. way. Um, I kind of did it on my own. But that's, that's remarkable, yeah. But the idea is the same, which is that you you relive the thing, you re-expose yourself to the exactly. thing. Exactly, exposure but is the thing, yeah. Controlled exposure, right? Right, where you're controlling the emotion, and what happens is that when you can control the emotion around the memory, you begin to analyze that memory mm. for the first time because. Every time you experience that memory, you couldn't analyze it because you, you were you humiliated, were you were angry. You were in it. You were in it, and now the adult self can join in with the younger self. Yes, and and there's with a calm, all of your wisdom and experience exactly. and perspective. Calm, and you cool, look at, and collected, yes. and say, "Hey, younger self, let's feel that together. Are you ready?" And, and sometimes it's no for a long time. Yeah. But when the younger self says, "Okay, I guess I know I can't trust anyone, including you, you old fuck. <laughs> Who are you anyway?" Right. You, so you say you're my older self, right? Yeah. And then you get in there. Well, so one of the nice things that happens is once you start making a little bit of progress, you learn to trust yourself exactly. more and more Bingo. because you go, "Oh, this was a very useful fucking conclusion." Yeah. Like this was like holy shit. And once you start having them. And you're open to them. You have more of them. You acclimate to, 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 to that process a, yeah. a bit more. Yeah, yeah. And more things will reveal themselves. So you're doing this on your own through meditation or something? Uh, or deep Books. Thought? I took some courses. Nice. You know, What like courses? I, uh, I actually took this thing called the Landmark Forum. I know the Landmark. A lot okay. of my friends took Landmark. Okay. Yeah. The so weekend, weekend thing, two weekends, yeah. The, the first thing, yeah. that was Great. a big kind very of Very L.A., point. but very... I know. I but know. it's worked for a lot of people that I know. It has, it has. I had to leave um, because they want all your money. <laughs> there's a, an embedded, yeah, marketing strategy that's wrapped up in their message. That part that I don't is like. almost impossible to resist because yeah. the whole thing is they go, here are all these ways of thinking, and here's all these ways that you're thinking, and and these new ways, and then they can transform your life. Invest and you do it in you. And Will it, you invest in yourself? And it, no, but what happens is it transforms your life. Right. And then you go, holy shit, this fucking worked. This is right. amazing. And they go, don't you want every one of your loved ones to have this? And you go, yeah, I fucking do. Yeah, the, the, the pyramid thing. Yeah. And then you go to them and they go, yeah, keep me out of your fucking yeah, cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you go back to them and you go, yeah, they said no. And they go, are you committed to this or not? Because if you're not committed, and that it's part, over yeah. and over and over until you go, yeah. I'm out. I'm out. I've tried. I've fucking right. tried approaching my brother like a right. hundred fucking times. Right, right, He's right. losing respect yeah. for me. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> no, it, it's... Um, and, and that's the commercialization of these things. We're in the epicenter of that, by the way. Oh, my LA. God. Like, yeah. all this, like... I, you know, I know it very well because I was painting from that perspective in mm -hmm. the... In, not the 90s, but, like, the early 2000s. Like a kind of satirist's perspective of like... Uh, not satirist. I was serious. Oh, okay. Uh, Joseph Campbell, Neil, uh, Neil Donald Walsh, mm -hmm. James Redding, uh, 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 Paul Coelho, The Alchemist. Like all those books, mm -hmm. which are now a little bit cliche. Yeah. But maybe they're cool again. Uh, before <laughs> Just there, wait like 10 years. Before there was a wellness kind of movement, which we now fully have here. Like, oh, so here's the crazy part. <clears throat> is um, back when I was a high school teacher... <clears throat> when was that? 
Dude, I've taught high school for 13 years in Santa no Monica. No shit. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. What, what Pri- grade? Private sector. Uh, eighth through, or ninth through 12th. No so, shit. Yeah, freshman to senior. Uh, 13 years? Yeah. When, when was that? Um, 98 to 2012. 90, really? Yeah. So you were like, you must have been really young when you taught high school. Yeah, I started when You're I was like 23. What? Yeah. Amazing. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was this Santa Monica High? No, no, no. It was a private school called Concord. Concord, yeah, yeah. Concord yeah. High School. Right. And uh, they ended in... The counterpart to Crossroads. Infamy. In That's exactly right. Exactly. That's exactly. Crossroads so, is legendary. So I was the art teacher. I was wow. the only art teacher at that school. Amazing. And I was actually the whistleblower in the scandal that took the school down. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, my God. This is a fucking long story. That's a whole other podcast. Um, long story short, the principal of the high school who inherited it from her mother... Uh, was embezzling from the school. Right. She embezzled probably over a million dollars like over the course of ten years. This one of those high schools where you got to pay fifteen grand for your kid to go. Thirty. 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 So. That's a lot. Folks. She was embezzling. Shit started to go wrong at the school. Um, I luckily was able to investigate because of my my brother worked in nonprofits, so he was able to pull their tax records. Uh huh. And I looked at the tax because the school looked, was supposed to be five hundred one c. Yeah, it's a yeah five hundred one c three. And those records are public. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And so I was able to pull the last three tax records, and my brother was like, "We need to talk." (laughs) And he showed me. It was just like, "Holy shit!" He's like, first of all, in the last three years, she's given herself uh, a twenty thousand dollar raise every year, Mm -hmm. so her pay has gone up sixty thousand dollars." That seems reasonable for running a school. It's not. Not a nonprofit. No. But are there caps in that world? It's not that. It's that um, this is a school of a hundred children. Oh, only a hundred children. Hundred kids. Wow. From start to finish. Um, so they make three million a year. That's she was. The, that's their income, right? Yeah, for that's tuition. the, the op, That's the the gross. Right. The gross. Then right. they have to pay twelve teachers. Right. So let's right. say you pay them sixty a year back then. Sixty seventy. Yeah. Right. Uh, so then we're at what? What are we at? We're at six hundred. We're at seven twenty. Let's say mm-hmm. then you still got two point three left. Let's say the building three hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Let's say mm-hmm. then it's two million. Where does that two million go to? Yeah, <laughs> and you found out where it went to. Well, dude, it, so it was fucking crazy because she kept taking more and more and more mm-hmm. money, and then at one point, um, basically she started claiming operating costs as mm-hmm. well. So she started claiming costs for uh, um, conferences, conventions, and meetings. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that alerted my brother first, because wow. he goes, "Do you guys attend a lot of conferences?" And I'm like, "I've never attended conferences in like right. the 11 years." So I've she's been here. billing like uh, airfare, hotel Dude, costs. She was billing uh, 187 thousand dollars a year on conferences, conventions. That's a lot. Anyway, yeah. <clears throat> the LA Times covered this. KTLA Amazing. Five covered this. The LA Times uncovered more dirt. They found a nine nine thousand dollar check to the W Hotel for a bar tab. Like, it's just... That's some heavy drinking right there. Dude, yeah. Nine so, Gs on a, on a bar tab? So anyway, I, I used to be a high school teacher. Yeah, and that's <laughs> crazy, so interesting that just because from the zoomed out and also I am not you, so l- looking at that, that was probably the impetus to... Like, you blew up your own situation, essentially, yeah. for a moral higher ground. And then you probably pivoted... 
uh, to, to painting in the street and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Let's art. talk about that for a minute too. Full-time art. So. Is that how it started? Yeah, luckily. So you, you blew up your own thing for, mm-hmm. for, the, for the higher good of like, fuck this fraud shit. And then you pivoted and said, look, there's a whole movement happening in the street now. When did you start painting in the street? I, my feeling is I saw you pop up like 2014-ish, 12. It, it, was, it was earlier than that. I, I started doing um, live paintings in like t- 2008, right. 2009. Um, like so at parties for, and stuff? For Cave Gallery right. first. And then there was a, a, a bar in Santa Monica called uh, Copadoro. Okay, yeah. And I painted there every Thursday. Nice. And they paid me with a bottle of whiskey. Excellent. So it was, you know, it was one man. of those things. Yeah. Looking, looking pretty. <laughs> And then it was basically just word of mouth for a while. And um, during that time, I was teaching. So I would kind of teach in the day and do this shit at night. And I was trying to break into galleries. I was trying to break, right. like, think space and, you know, right. all these. Uh, and Cave was very, like, uh, Cave receptive. Gallery. I remember them. Yeah. I, I was partners yeah. with them for a long time. Yeah. Um, basically until they shut down. Weren't they on that? Where were they again? They were on Abbey Kinney. Abbey Kinney, that's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. Well, they started on Rose. Right. Then they moved to Abikini, then they moved to Venice. That's right. Yeah. But it, it was like through that world that I just started live painting and and just doing like low cost gigs, free stuff basically yeah. and just kind of like trying to make a name for myself. Who were you looking at? Because um like just it it should be noted that um I've noticed your work ethic over the years and uh, the quality of your work and I'm always like man John is fucking <laughs> he's loving he's loving this stuff you're a wall dog you know yeah, like yeah, yeah, like sure. you finish your walls like uh, the Blick art supply I go to mm-hmm. you know the overhang there yeah, I always look at it I'm, <laughs> I'm like driving real slow like to always and that's you did that like six seven eight years ago yeah 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 and I'm like you know probably. there's other ways to do this but it would it would be so much quicker. You could still get a style out. Mm-hmm. But what I always appreciated was that you took your time. You know, it's gotta be just so. There's a perfectionism, and you're very well aware of like this is an opportunity to show my skill level, yeah. my attention, yeah. my composition, my technique, and that's kind of rare at least here where we live in Los Angeles because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of guys just hit up hit up hit up I got a style or so I think and, yeah. they, and, they, and they don't finish the wall correctly mm-hmm. and it's still good in, in, in some cases yeah but I, I you, noticed you get, a, you get a great product with that approach yeah always over delivered always over delivered you just don't get the best product that's yeah. it oh the other way you're saying yeah yeah it's like if, if you do if you have a quick style that makes you money then do it. Do it without guilt. Yeah. If that's what you're about, yeah. do it. Yeah. And, you know, so one great thing that I got from going from art school to, like, an art scene in a city like L.A. is I got to interact with a lot of different artists. Right. And they tend to come from one of two approaches, right. right? It's the artists that are like me that are just basically obsessed with technique right. and obsessed with, like, how you do shit. And we just want to keep learning how you do more right. shit. And every iteration of, of, of a work is, is an opportunity to learn, and you keep an eye on that as you're doing it. But not just that, because that's where your focus is. Right. But your life is incidental. Right. The money you make is incidental. Right. The lifestyle you lead is in- incidental. If you're lucky, like me, 
where I, I had you know opportunities and preparation kind of cross paths enough time where I now feel like I can make my money doing just like you make doing what we love right that's super fucking lucky. I don't really care about that, yeah. right? I care about the practice of it. Exactly. But there are other artists who come from the opposite way, where yeah. they are enamored with the lifestyle, they're enamored with the opportunities that it, it gives them to live their lives and self-actualize. And there's nothing wrong with that approach either. Mm -hmm. And I think that that approach gets stigmatized by quote-unquote so-called pure artists, you know, like you and me, right. because our concerns and our temperaments are different. But it's like, look, this is shit you're born with. Yeah. You, you can't help yeah. this stuff. I, like, I used to be, like, way more concerned with uh, those types. Yeah. They're like, I, I, I just want to have this cool lifestyle. Because I've seen, like, everyone's a street artist now, kind of. Yeah. But I remember the time <laughs> they when, be when everyone was a DJ. Yes. I remember that time. Yeah. And I remember when everyone was a photographer. I mean, there was a time everyone was a photographer. Of course. Hey, just shoot some babes, man. Like, <laughs> it's all relaxed, man. Hey, make yourself a vodka. Like, come on, uh -huh. let's just hang and shoot photos man it's all about the photos 35 yeah. millimeter on my mind bro yeah like those types you know like i mean uh -huh. like once you get a little bit older you have hindsight mm -hmm. and so i know specifically in 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 the world of like like painting in public and stuff and like developing a practice um it's tough because you got we talked about that on the beautify thing uh that i'm sure will come out pretty soon yeah uh we could talk about beautify too uh in a minute but, you know, you may get some strides because the, the, the road has been paved as a young artist now. Yeah. But how, how, how heavily are you sort of deriving your pleasure and your joy from your practice, right? If you're doing it for those other reasons, mm -hmm. man, have at it, go for it. But let me check in with you in, 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 in precisely five years. Mm -hmm. Let's see. And also 10 years. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of motherfuckers make it to 10 years. Of course. Right? Of course. And so... Well, look. It, yeah. So it's... It, all it is, is it, it's an equation. Right. And the equation says that there are uh, extrinsic and intrinsic rewards. Right? And so people who define something as a passion, they define it by intrinsic rewards. Right. They love doing it. They love the mastery. They love developing it. They love seeing them, their progress from... Year one to year 10, that yeah. kind of thing. People who are involved with extrinsic awards, rewards are looking at the pay level, the right. notoriety, yeah. right? The fame, the, the access to mates, that kind of thing, right? right. Um, so all that is, is it's just, it's a math equation. Right. And what it says is that the people who are extrinsically involved, they don't last as long statistically. Yeah. And, but some do. Because the yeah. grind is real, right. and at some point you're going to hit a really hard spot right. that's going to make you question whether you should be doing this or not. Right. And usually the people who don't have the intrinsic drive go, yeah, I shouldn't be doing this. Right. And they give up. Yeah. And that's it. And by the way, I don't want anyone to give up, or I also don't want anyone to get started. Yeah. Like, if you can help it, like, don't get started even. You know, like the Banksy advice, we got... Uh, our friend Thierry out of that, uh, what's his name, uh, Mr. Brainwash, mm. he was told, oh, you could do this too, and, you know, yeah. and so bless Thierry, like, whatever, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, he's all good, but, um, and it's, it's not even any of our business to discuss others' paths even, you know, yeah. like, Ex exactly. It, it, exactly, it's an available path through the forest, there's always that part of the forest where you got, you're going to have to make your own way. 
And, well, and, and if you and if you have it in you, that will be really interesting for you because you got to dig deep, and hopefully you do dig deep, and hopefully it's not all the beset path. And hopefully there is that part of the force that you got curious about because then you'll return to all of us with mm -hmm. something interesting. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm waiting for. Yeah. You know? And that usually doesn't happen to people that are only in it for the extrinsic rewards. It's tough. Rewards. It's so tough. Like, like every painting, every mural, it's an exploration. We're archaeologists. Like, like paint 50 paintings with, in earnest. Like, like, like really think about it for as much as you can mm -hmm. for as much attention span you have for yeah. set painting yeah. respectively and that's a good documentary actually first painting ever mm -hmm. and the instruction is you're going to paint 50 paintings yeah we're going to give you all the supplies yeah try to really think about what you want to paint any person on the planet painting one documentary painting three documentary mm -hmm. all the way down to 50 and then compare and contrast the 50th painting with the person that is sort of like uh, tasked with painting it. Right. Compare that to where they started. Of course. That's interesting. Of course. But it requires um, doing it in order to uncover it. Mm -hmm. And hopefully by the 50th painting, you'll be hooked. Yeah. It's like, man, I don't know anything yet. I've learned a lot. I'll tell you what, I, what I've learned. And this is what I did, and, and that choice, and this choice, and, and, and symbolism, or, or, or not, or mm -hmm. like poking fun, or well, like it's, it's naive art, or it's whatever bottomless. the concept is. Yeah. And then by the 50th painting, there's so many ideas flowing mm -hmm. because of concentration, right? Yeah. Well, where our attention goes, energy flows. Look, I think this, this is a fucking amazing idea. I think that Google or, you know, fucking. Facebook or some giant company should take this on as a creative project right. it's where they bring in 50 people yeah. who have no art background yeah. and have them do 50 paintings in say 500 days. Excellent. Right? Excellent. So it's like a year and a half. And they are being fed by a panel of guys like you, me, and not, not to spend, also, but advised, right? and, advised and, and encouraged. And, 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 and we populate their respective studios, which is all in one bu building, yeah. with uh, the right, I guess, websites. There'll just be a list of websites. There'll be art books. There'll be histories of certain movements, right? Yeah. And you're stuck in there. Fuck Survivor. This is, <laughs> what is this? This is uh, Striver. Right? Striver, the <laughs> art edition. Striver. And I imagine, like you know, because they'll get curious. If they get... The, 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 the pleasure thing, the endorphin drop out which of it. Which they will. Which, which they, will. they should. Yeah. It's creative. You're, you're making a fire in a very small way. Well, again, there's a reason why visual art predates language. Right. Right. This is a fact. We had cave paintings before we ever had written language. Right. The, the caves of Altamira. Yeah, I Great mean, let's go, yeah. you know, uh -uh. you go down the list and it, yeah. we were expressing visually before we were expressing yeah. verbally. There's the bison. No, here it is. I, I, I drew so it somehow. We're deeply, deeply connected yeah. to artistic expression in right. every form. That's why we are constantly attracted to it. That's why right. every person on earth, when they are given a chunk of time that they don't have to feed themselves or protect themselves, they, their refuge is some sort of art. Right. Whether they're watching something on Netflix or right. listening to music. Right. Or, or doodling on the phone or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's all connected to art, artistic expression yeah. and creation. And that's, you know, we're, 
we are creative experimenting monkeys that's yeah. all we are yeah we really are because there's invention that happens and that's a part of because um, it, it's kind of silly what, what we're doing you know we're working with it's, it's superfluous it's superfluous but in a silly way because we deal like if you really wanted to make art we'd get into the into the audio audio visual side of things which is which right. is Ma cinema. mass media no, it's, just, it's cinema, and, and you know, like uh, films like American History X. Like yeah. those are those are like, okay, now you're. We're dealing with still frames, of course. And why do you put this one still 20, 27 frames a second in most cases, or sometimes twenty four, I guess. Mm -hmm. But we, we we're just working on the still frame, and we put that on a building yeah. or on a painting. Why exactly? But when you ask us, we'll tell you why. But it, it has a different effect on a human being when they run into it in person than when they see right. it on a screen. Yeah. And that's the whole reason yeah. why scale works. We're the last of the analogs. Yeah. That's a good punk band. <laughs> <laughs> the last of the analogs. Dude, I have to take a piss so bad. Oh, me too. Yeah. We'll pause this. Okay. I don't know how... how I, th I have a feeling we've been recording for a while. Yeah, yeah. You know, I actually have to go in like five minutes. Okay, we'll I'm... cut that part out. Yeah. Let's both go take a piss and we'll say goodbye. Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah, last time, I, the only time I went was 2005. Okay, that was a good year. I cried when I left. <laughs> because Burning Man, when, like, it's something, you know? As like, an artist, I really cried. you have to experience it. You yeah. have to experience it. Yeah. Do you think it's too late for people to go now? Comparing, Because no. you went from 2002 to 2011, eight 2011 times? was the last time. I, yeah, uh -uh. I know it's changed. We're now 11 years later, Frank. It's still worth it. Yeah. I think it's still I, 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 I would say that too. Yeah. I think ju just the sheer scale and the fact that you have that many creative people coming together for this one huge, you know, orgiastic kind of yeah. like endeavor. Man. Everyone climaxes on Saturday. Yeah. Like it's nuts. It's just something. The burning of to the man born. is like, wow. Yeah. But I want to know with cell phones and Wi Fi, like when I went, there was no Wi Fi, there was no cell phones even. It's okay. It's it okay. should be okay. It should be it's, okay. You know what? Because you trust the energy, and it's and it's for the new generation. This is a different generation right. of people. Like I, I do EDC still. You know, right. and it's a different crowd. Right. They're just they're. It's their concerns take on are it. different, yeah. and it's they're treating the world in a different way. They have a different texture, and that's that's okay. Like, right. It, it really you know. is. That's the way to look at it, yeah. for sure. See again, <laughs> you you uh, set your your yeah. Reframe what's your a, what's the term for that again? Reframing your reality. You, you reframe uh, yeah the reality of mm -hmm. things yeah. Which it's it's all the difference. Uh, that's a nice takeaway for people and also for myself. You know, uh, are you having a shitty day, or how would you reframe? I'm having a shitty day. Yeah. How would you reframe that? I'm having a challenging day. I'm having a day that's setting myself up for new things tomorrow. Bingo. I like that. I like saying bingo now. I don't know why. <laughs> it's very old school. Yeah. Bingo. Bingo. <laughs> man, John, I, uh, you're a champ, man. I always uh, have thought so from the first time I saw your work. Oh, man, I appreciate that. I, I, I really think same, uh, same, you're man. great. Oh, really. thank you. Yeah. That, that means a lot for, for, for sure. And uh, yeah, man, thank you for doing this. I know you got to go, so. Thank you so much for having me, man. We could talk for hours. I, that's I know, for sure. let's do it again. There, there'll be a part two down the line. <laughs> well, that's it, everybody. Thanks, John. Thank you. Peace, peace.
boom, that was John. Man, that, that was a fun one. I really, really enjoyed that one. Um, one thing he forgot to mention, or I forgot to ask, is his handle on Instagram. You can find him at John Park with a K, Art. And that's also his website, johnparkart.com. Uh, as always, I'm the Art of Chase, and you can find us on Instagram at Happy No Fear. I got a few more episodes um, in the works right now. They're recorded, so expect more very soon. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.